0: You could do good in your business life for a minute, but it's not gonna last long if you can't do well in your personal life. And your personal life is always gonna hand you adversity and obstacles for the rest of your life. And it's the way that you handle those that dictates the level of success that you're gonna be able to have and the people around you are gonna be able to, to, to enjoy. And I think what you, what you all are doing is taking the system that was given to me uh, from Jim Sarace and Marcus Smith, that that is internal development and growth precedes external development and growth.
1: Versity King's second episode appearance with Simon Arias, I believe this is his second appearance. This is his, my mentor, my coach. I don't know. I I think like out of respect for you, I try to say like older brother opposed to like a father figure. So I don't. I get sometimes it's a lot of. The father figure, but sometimes, you know, you've got that that humor and relatability where it's like, this dude's like a, a, a brother in a sense. And and uh, I don't even like saying dude, too, because I got so much respect. This is not a, a bro or a dude. This is somebody that's literally took my life from nothing and, and really brought a lot of value. And, and a lot of people, I think, would immediately go to the money. And it's multiple seven figures of gross income I've made since since being 18 years old and involved in the insurance industry and working for Simon But I would say I I would be most proud of my spiritual influence I've had from you. You know, just the accountability with Proverbs and church and the genuine, you know, it's one thing to say it and do it and post it, but to really live it and feel it. And I see it resonate in my family. Me and my sister grew up in the church, but I think it keeps us, it's good to have that iron sharpens iron. So I would say that that would probably be my most proud thing because I know this world is going to come and go. But eternity's forever, so mm-hmm. that's something I'm very excited about. I'm very thankful for. When it comes to Simon, I would highlight that the most, even over all the money he's helped me make. And then we got Justin Masca, our top performer and top leader, out here and a brother, in a in a sense as well. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm still I'm still uh, grasping that awkwardly. But he, uh, gr- I would not want another another man to uh, be dating my sister. Uh, other other than you so that's a massive you. compliment you know especially coming from somebody like myself uh that i take that very serious so and outside of that though most we most importantly him in the beginning yes we did we were going to hog I time you, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you did <laughs> <laughs> was, and when they came to me i was like my sister I, one of my sisters always even, even if she got I'm the like, short man, end of the stick man if he
0: passed that he really cares about her
1: <laughs> I, that dog and that's when i knew it was like something real real cuz one, you know, I can get her to budge on some things, but some things like she's the boss. So it's unfortunate. You know what I mean? Like before I was 18, maybe we could, you know, fight about it. But now it's like we're not going to fight over it. So um, I knew it was legit. I knew it was serious. And, and uh, you know, he was always respectful and humble and kind and very persistent. And now you've seen that transpire into results. going to make close to half a million dollars this year. So now I know, you know, if if she's ever sad, at least, you know, she can go out and get some Louie. So, (laughs) so, um, man, I'm just, I'm grateful to be in between both of you and and being doing this episode right now. So let's start with, I want to open up with, with Simon and just, if you haven't, you know, heard Simon's story, just a a quick re re, uh, I don't know, just a. re- recreate the image of of your story and just kind of give that back to everybody so they just know where you come from, what got you into insurance and why. What's your why?
0: When people say what got you into the insurance industry, I tell them the grace of God. You know, I don't think anybody sits in a classroom, you know, in high school or college and is like, "Man, on my vision board one day, I'd like to sell life insurance." You know yeah. what I mean? This is the vision. And unless you're around people that have done it, you know, or you're in a family where people have done it uh, successfully, it's usually not the first thing on your mind. And so for me, I was going to be doing real estate. Uh, I had my real estate license. I passed my real estate exam while I was in college. Um, I was game planning on moving down to Florida. The majority of my family moved from Youngstown, Ohio, down to Florida. And that was the game plan. And uh, in college, uh, one of our classes, I had to put a resume online and – had to prove that you did an interview and go through the whole experience. And, um, that experience led me to Cleveland, Ohio, where I interviewed with my, my mentor and met both of my mentors, uh, in the, in the initial phases, which was Marcus Smith and Jim Serace. And those two were, were the perfect recipe, you know, for me. And something in my heart, uh, told me that it was, that it was real, you know, and I, my mother, um, was she's been like, you know, when I look back on my career of what happened in the first year when I had tough calls and tough things to do and, and tough decisions to make, she was the complete opposite of what I've watched most parents do with their children in the industry. Not that it's right or wrong, but it was just right for me. Yeah. And so my mom, you know, I came home, I told my mom, I'm like, yo, like tra- change of plans possibly. Uh, I was planning on going to Florida, you know, this whole thing, I, this interview, something about this, opportunity is pulling at my heart. I think it's real. I see people, you know, the opportunity to make some serious money and and the people that did my interview, I, I had a really good connection in my spirit. And, uh, my mom was like, you know what? You're young, give it one year. And this way you have no regrets. And so if you believe in it, I support you. Give it one year. If your life don't change, then you'll you'll have experience, and we could go ahead and pick up where where you left off with the real estate thing. But if it's pulling at you, do it. You know, give it a shot for a year. And a year later, uh, and this is in two thousand and six. A year later, um, that year I made one hundred eighty-seven thousand dollars in the insurance industry, which was more money than I ever thought I would ever make um, as a kid. You know, when I was coming out of college, and I'm thinking of my vision. You know, my vision was to. Uh, work in the union. Uh, I was going to be, you know, in the United Auto Workers Union and working for General Motors outside of Youngstown, Ohio was the vision because my uncle, uh, that was the only person that I saw in my family that ever had like new shoes on his kids and I would get their hand-me-down clothes. And, you know, for those of you that can't see me and you can only hear me, uh, you know, his son was like 6'2 and I'm not even close to six two, you know? So I'm five, six. And and so I had to rock some of his hand-me-down gear, Jordan gear and all that stuff. And so I'm like, man, that is the person that always seemed like he had enough money to afford things. That's what I want to do to provide for my family. That was as big as my vision could, could really see. And, uh, you know, when I talk about that and and you rewind the history of the upbringing, you know, my mom, a single mom had me at 19. I met my dad, uh, for the first time as an adult, uh, they tell me I met him once before we went to Venezuela. So my dad's hundred percent Venezuelan, um, was not born in America and uh, my mom is Italian. And so they met, uh, in college, my mother's roommate was from Venezuela and that was her brother. They end up getting married, uh, had me young and, and he disappeared. And so I, I actually ended up meeting him with my wife. For the first time at 28 years old in miami at our company's convention and so just the absence of a father uh in an environment you know like youngstown which you know we sold our house for eleven thousand dollars uh going into my uh senior year of high school um and you know i tell people it's not like this i had a very weird internship of life because we, I remember clearly years of standing in 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 food bank lines in at welfare lines with my mother, uh car plastic bag in the back uh in the back window, sound like a shotgun went off, cars stalling all the time. You know, I, I have those memories. But then there was some years, a couple of years before I went into high school, my grandmother, my grandfather, my grandmother's husband, my mother, everybody pitched in and they get me into A Catholic school. So I went to a Catholic grade school for a couple of years. I went to public school for a lot of the years. And then I got dripped into a a private Catholic school a couple years in Youngstown. And then I go to this, you know, heavy sports uh, based Catholic school in Youngstown, Ohio, always has powerhouse elite, you know, sports teams. And I end up going there for high school. And so in one token, I'm selling my house for eleven thousand dollars, Cars getting stolen out of the driveway, you know, arguments all night long, you know, people getting stabbed outside, friends that I grew up with, you know, all the whole same story that you hear of everything else. And then I'm um, and then I have this other life, you know, where I'm meeting other people and they got two parents and, you know, these people are helping to rub off on me in the right way. And so I had that whole weird, wild experience where you know I got this, you know, intimate close relationship with people in the streets where I grew up and and I was 100 percent comfortable in and then got thrown into a completely different environment where I learned to also thrive and get comfortable in. And I think that built me up and gave me the experience that was necessary to not only go to college and thrive as an athlete uh, where I was a four year starter playing safety, uh, strong safety, but really after that it set me up for business because this business we end up working with blue collar people, middle income which was my family and the people I grew up around and then it's you know you see people having success in this business from all different walks of life, black folks, white folks, hispanic folks, uh we got people especially here in Chicago. I mean you guys got the league of nations, you know, out yeah. there and and man I I love it. You know, I don't I don't care what background somebody is. You know, it's just man, we're all we're all human and that's, that was kind of my experience and my upbringing. And so it brought me into this business. I was able to relate and attract talent from all different walks of life. And, and, uh, here we are. And, and, um, you know, I'll, I'll just say for those of you, you know, listening, for those of you watching, uh, I'm always kind of this ugly, but I'm extra ugly today with, the, with, the, I got a black eye. Okay. So excuse me. Uh, I was grappling on, on uh Monday and, and I took an accidental head, but, uh, so my eyes, uh, I've got a black eye over here for those of you that, that can't see me. But um, when I got promoted, you know, our company, our parent company is Globe Life. And Globe has the naming rights to the Texas Rangers Stadium. And we're also the official life insurance company of the Dallas Cowboys. And for all of Globe Life, just to put it in perspective, as far as I know, last time I checked the stats, uh, we were the largest independently owned uh, organization under the whole Globe Life umbrella, which you know has more life insurance policies than any other insurance company uh, that that I know of. That's another uh, statistic that we've heard and, and that's been verified. So I don't know if that's changed since the last time I checked, but Globe Life had more policies. So just to put it in perspective, um, what they told me was I was the youngest uh, owner in the history uh, of the company to own a franchise or own an organization within American income. And, uh, when Chicago opened up, you know, I know this territory was going to be so special. I didn't want to, uh, let it pass us by. And, you know, Tristan, you know, is the epitome of when opportunity knocks, like have your bags packed. So I called Tristan and, you know, I think Tristan was 21, 22 years old. How old were you? 21, 21, you 21 years old. I mean, and I called him and asked him if he wanted to be my, my business partner and uh, open up an office, open up a business in Chicago. And real fast, things turned around. And, you know, not long after that, Tristan moves, drops his life and moves out to Chicago. And now I would say, you know, in the in the company. And I only say top top five just to reserve for what I haven't had an opportunity to see. Uh, but I would say this office right here in Chicago that you all are operating right now, Justin and, and Tristan, uh, not only uh, did I forfeit the the term uh, or of of having the uh, people say that I was the youngest in the history of the company, and I passed that on to you, Tristan, and now you are definitely the youngest in the history of the company uh, to ever um, do that, but I would say your office and the energy that I've seen here is top five in the entire company from what I see and I only say top five because I haven't had a chance to see the rest of the country but I would probably say this is probably top two or three for sure in the country and uh, what's getting ready to happen here in Chicago is going to be is going to be special and not only is it going to be special in production but I think the things that's that's most special is you know when I look back on my career in, and now I'm 40 and I'm 18 years in the game you know I get I get more. Um, I get more love and joy from watching people grow up in the business and do better in their personal lives um, than I do in watching them do better in their business lives. Because you could do good in your business life for a minute, but it's not going to last long if you can't do well in your personal life. And your personal life is always going to hand you adversity and obstacles for the rest of your life. And it's the way that you handle those that dictates the level of success that you're going to be able to have and the people around you are going to be able to, to, to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I think what you what you all are doing is taking the system that was given to me uh, from Jim Serace and Marcus Smith that that is internal development and growth precedes external mm-hmm. development and growth. And people see the external. You know, when I pulled up, uh, I pulled up with Perm today and I seen the yellow bands. Uh, mm-hmm. out there who got the yellow, Kevin bends? Huh? Kevin, yeah. Kevin? Yeah, Kevin. and Kevin, how old is Kevin? 20? Yeah, 20. Yeah.
1: 20, 20 years old. Yeah. So
0: 20 years old, he got this sick yellow. Yeah. What kind of bends is that thing?
2: AMG GT. Yeah. Hoop. yeah.
0: Right. So I'm pulling in here and I'm like, man, the thing that makes me, that brings me joy is, is that I think that the majority of people here can handle the success because their stability is built on, internal personal development it doesn't mean that i'm perfect it doesn't mean that you're perfect doesn't there's nobody listening to this or doing Mm -hmm. this or watching this or Mm -hmm. playing a part in this that is that is perfect but i think it's going to be you're going to you're going to find it difficult to find people 20 years old 22 years old 23 years old you know like you guys have not everybody's like that but those age groups and demographics and pump multiple six figures into those people's life mm. and watch them live the life like the people you all are raising in this business or living where they're seeking out ways to develop themselves spiritually. And they're up working out and they're reading books and they're walking with humility and they're getting out of nice cars and they're still treating people good and walking with humility. And that's what I'm proud of. And that isn't me. That, that is Jim's race. That's, that started out with my mentor, passed that into me. And I've tried to pass that on to everybody and not everybody takes the formula. But I'm grateful to watch you guys take that formula because it's going to bring you the same joy that it's brought me. And and the joy that it's brought me is I watch people come in here like you all, watch people start young, and then I watch them walk down the aisle and get married. And it's like a blink of an eye. And I watch them pull up in a beat-up car, and I watch them leave here and buy their mother a car and buy their father a car and take care of them and have a family and live this great life. And that was always the vision, and I think it starts out with the internal development because a lot of people can't handle success, and that's where great teams get broken up sometimes is a lack of loyalty or people start feeling themselves and they, they lose their, their sense of humility, and I think, you know, watching you guys continue to pour into people, you know, into their personal life is what makes this place uh, special.
1: Absolutely. Fire. we flip back into some questions for you simon what's what's your story real quick justin
2: yeah so uh it's kind of kind of crazy but uh it's through instagram so my mom had made a new instagram because you know how like moms are we'll go a little further
1: back to what was growing up like
2: growing up so uh grand junction colorado small mountain town in the western slope of colorado nobody's ever heard of it before it's probably thirty thousand people there so me and nate and john of course are, are from grand junction so a couple people in the office but uh small town, uh very conservative town. It's like a, a lot of farms, majority farms, yeah. mountains around, so people hunt and majority of the attraction in Junction would be like the hunting and fishing. Yeah. Um that's about it. So, you know, growing up there was it was all right. My my dad yeah. and mom did well. They're so married. Um never really like seen them struggle with anything. Yeah. So, uh early on they put me into like almost every sport besides like wrestling and stuff. Cause yeah. My dad's not, yeah, he like wrestling yeah. You don't like, like the like that. idea of that you but, always uh, make fun of jujitsu. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I was uh, playing football, like baseball, basketball, I played like soccer for a year. So I played a lot of sports growing up and, uh, everything in my life was, dictated like if like if my dad like if i really wanted something i would have to get like 10 tackles in a game or something like he would always put like a yeah like commission a, yeah yeah, yeah. Put your own commission i remember like i always wanted a pair of like kobe's or like lebron's or jordan's or something and he would tell me like yeah all right, you got to drop 15 points and get 10 rebounds or like or if uh i wanted a new car like he'd always tell me he'd buy me whatever car when if i got straight a's which obviously he knew that guy wasn't gonna get straight a's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's why he said that but uh or if i got like like when I was in middle school or whatever, if I got an A, it was like a hundred bucks and a B would be like 50 bucks or whatever. So yeah. like he'd always like put like a tier system on stuff. Commission. And if, yeah. If I wanted it, I had, to, I had to had to, go out and get it, of course, uh, whether it's through sports or school. Yeah. And then uh, ended up going to college kind of against my will. Yeah. But uh, again, I didn't really know what else to do. So I just enrolled. And uh, after like six months, I found myself not really going to class anymore and I was more so just in college to like, was it a community college or were you? No, co- Colorado Mesa University. So it's a D2 college in yeah. a junction, but it's uh it's real small. There yeah. Nobody there. Yeah, so yeah. it basically could be like a community college. But uh just found myself not going to school, wasn't passionate about anything. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I met with the advisor and I told them they, they were like asking me what I like. And I liked like uh, biology. So they like enrolled me into like biochem and biology and stuff like yeah. that. But um, Again, I wasn't, like, the smartest, so they were speaking a bunch of gibberish to me. So yeah. I just was like, ah, I'll just stop going to that. And then uh, I completely dropped out, and my dad was like, all right, well, you got to work and pay rent now since you're not going to school. Yeah. And then I uh, ended up getting a job at a grocery store because, like, I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. Did that for, like, a year. That was, like, the worst thing on the planet. Yeah. So boring and just, like, not what I wanted Making to do. Making muffins all day. No, I was working in the back. <laughs> but uh, he always says I baked muffins. I never baked muffins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh never baked a muffin one time in my life and i never would <laughs> i know i hear i hear your cooking skills not that there's nothing wrong with baking muffins i just <laughs> he always not for you yeah it's not for me but uh yeah and then i give uh, you
0: credit for doing a year yeah at the grocery store yeah
2: i was okay. working 4 a.m to noon okay so i was waking up early i would set the alarm for like 3 15 get to the store there'd be like nobody in there so like i wouldn't really do too much in the morning. It was like a grocery store. So it's like, what are they going to, they couldn't find it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I was just like, I was like a young, like dumb dude. Just like, didn't really care about it, obviously. Yeah. But, uh, I was making like 400 bucks a week and I thought I was like rich. Yeah. I thought, because like, that's how I felt at UPS. Yeah. Cause it was my own money at that point. Yeah. Like I didn't have to go to my parents for money or I don't know. I could like go out and get it. So I was working like 35 hours a week and I thought three, 400 bucks a week was like crazy. And then, uh, I would work four to noon. And then as soon as I got home, I would just like sleep until like six. Yeah. And then, like, I would wake up and hit the boys up and see, like, what we're doing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah, I did that. And, uh, somehow ended up all the way in Chicago. Never been here before, but it was through Instagram. And I remember they were saying they would fly me out. And I thought I was going to get, like, killed or something if I came out here. I <laughs> didn't, I didn't know what the intentions were. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, I guess I'll go out there. And then I remember, uh, it's probably on one of Tristan's grumpier days was like the day I showed up. because like I only talked to him for like five seconds. And he just basically said, this is like the hardest thing ever. And like most people are soft and <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't make it or something like that. <laughs> so, yeah, and he you looked brought like, me a pretty boy. What do you mean? <laughs> you know he, me? I was he, like, oh, God. Yeah, he looked aggressive. And I was just just like, both right. your parents are together. Don't know what this dude's on. So then I flew back. <laughs> and I was like, I told my parents, I, was, I didn't even know what you guys sold. Because Tristan was just like, yeah, this is hard. You're not going to make it or whatever but, uh, it I, I talked to bad. rob and he told me i'd be like bill gates the next year he said, I, he said i'd be a billionaire if i just worked here over committing rob yeah. so <laughs> i i left thinking like man i'm gonna have a lambo in a year like this is gonna be the best thing ever so i went back and told my parents and uh honestly they just support like everything i do so they were just like yeah you're young just go do whatever and if uh if you fail like worst case scenario we'll fly out and like come get you or something <laughs> yeah, but I had no money, so I came out here with, like, $1,000, and uh, immediately, I'd say sales clicked, because I never really had to, like, struggle to yeah. sell, or to make a sale, but it's not like I was, like, super talented as a producer, or, or like, I didn't produce like Connor did, or, like, yeah, Connor You did, always or, made five grand a month, though. Yeah, I was making, like, five to, like, a good month would be, like, 10 grand, which I thought was crazy anyways, because yeah. I was making, like, 400 bucks a week, so to make a thousand, two thousand in a week was, like, yeah crazy. And crazy. how
0: old were you when you came?
2: 21 so now okay. I'm 24. Okay. Yeah. old. Yeah, 3 years in? Two uh and a half? I started so yeah, I was like basically turning 22 okay. when I started, but okay. uh two and a half, yeah. And then uh you know, over time I saw a lot of people come to the agency and and leave, but I would confidently say even though I'm not like the I might not be the greatest recruiter or the greatest producer, but I feel like I'm like Iron Man almost in this business cuz like <laughs> I've been through a lot of crap and I feel like I've always like been the most disciplined with at least being in the office eight to nine every single day and never missing a day and making the calls and doing whatever Tristan said, if it was like recruiting-wise or whatever. I feel like I can confidently say I might not be the best producer or recruiter or leader, but uh, I'm the most like consistent for sure. His manager, his
1: manager was the individual where, for me, I think on a smaller level, on a micro level, it was like the uh, that one guy that you had that tried to like just – terrorize yep. you yep. that was the guy that brought him in Yep. and so we're going through the process of essentially he was getting terminated he had him move three times. So in his first three months, I think he moved from he moved to Chicago, he moved to Arizona, he moved to Nebraska, and he yeah. moved back.
2: Unbelievable. But I was making a thousand, and he was plus, still making a thousand dollars a week. That's me. fine. Yeah. I'll
0: move.
1: Yeah, yeah. make a thousand a week. Well, I was like, he kept whatever. moving,
2: driving his. He had a nineteen eighty six, no two thousand two Toyota Tacoma, <laughs> two thousand two Toyota Tacoma, two hundred and sixty thousand miles. I didn't even nice. think my parents used to tell me because we going to make like, it five hours away from Denver, and I always wanted to go to Denver, and they're like, "Yeah, your truck won't make it." but somehow it made across the country like three times. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I just, he, know. He'd, he'd, he'd tell yeah. me, I'd be like, all right, head back. He'd be like, all right, I'll let you know if I make it. I'm like, <laughs> I'll find, see you if you make it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, crazy. I remember in uh, Arizona, I had to get an oil change cause it like burns oil. And, uh, they never put the cap back on, like when they put the oh, oil yeah. in. yeah. And I remember, like I stopped in Texas to check the oil, and it just had—it was all over the engine bay. It was just <laughs> yeah. shooting everywhere. Yeah. And I found the cap like lodged in the engine bay, and I had to like squeeze my hand in there and get it. Oh, thank God it didn't like fall out. I don't know how that didn't happen. Did you get a new car yet? Yeah, the Corvette, the 2002 or 2022 Corvette. <laughs> 2002 I like Corvette. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, 2022. To the old man's Corvette I like club. The <laughs> yeah. Do you fit in the Corvette barely yeah I, i'm screwed when it comes to sports cars what are
0: you Six. six?
2: six we measured actually no, he's six five, five and ten. a half
0: six five and a half
2: yeah but um anyways one, in, in life i had no direction and i wasn't going to do what my dad was going to do or what he was doing so basically if this didn't happen i was going to be screwed because back to the grocery store yeah Thank yeah. you, grocery muffins. store for life for <laughs> real <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> screwed wow Absolutely well, that,
1: screwed.
0: that escalated quickly yeah. and
2: the production because you're
0: killing it now
2: yeah, through persistency for sure. Cause
0: how about I, you're getting ready to go from a thousand a week to a thousand a day?
2: Yeah, I feel like in July you're gonna make yeah. probably close to three sixty five. Uh, I'm already like almost there for the year. Okay, so over yeah. three sixty five. Yeah. But like in July, I was breaking it down because I made. But that's a thousand 1, a day, bro. Yeah, hundred and five thousand just, just in for July. A minute, just four minutes. It's like seven a day. Thousand a day. Yeah.
0: From a thousand a week. Yeah. From four hundred bucks a week. Yeah, from like four hundred months a week yeah. is, is sick. Yeah, no, it's definitely crazy.
2: Just persistence. Yeah. You think
0: just just being persistent, not yeah. giving up, and just being coachable and showing up?
2: Yeah, definitely. And then, uh, I don't know, just just this whole experience. Because my parents were never religious at all. But there's, like, no way. like, Because I, I never went to church as a kid or anything. But I started, because Tristan said to, every Sunday. And I've never missed, a, like no. I missed Sundays.
1: You don't miss church. Even if yeah. you do it somewhere else, you don't miss
2: it. Yeah, but uh, I had to have been God, for real, because I would have been so screwed in life not the smartest and in the beginning like before this I coachable had like a and consistent terrible get work ethic before this though like i just saw money and and uh tristan looked like he was living a good life and i mean I, you never know with rob but at the time i thought because <laughs> he was, yeah, every day he just tell me i'd be a billionaire <laughs> so <laughs> i just was like all right man i just had blind faith and uh started going to church and i uh, definitely got a lot of faith from it just had to have been God, honestly. There's no way. Because yeah. through Instagram, it just doesn't make sense. No. I've been to Chicago. I said the same thing yeah. Simon said. Grace to God. Yeah, it's when some When
1: somebody asked me this morning, he said, what got you into the insurance industry? And I said, man, God chose my path, man. I have yeah. no idea. I don't know how I'm here. I don't know how we're talking, but had to have been God. I didn't know what life insurance was. From FedEx. Yeah. So. UPS. UPS. Yeah, FedEx is for softies. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's jump into some questions for you, Simon. So I want to I speak to, to the, the high school kid watching this right now. Maybe you're in high school and you're about to graduate or you're in that junior, sophomore phase. And maybe you graduated high school and, and you're thinking like, I don't know if you felt like this, but I felt like I was lost my identity in high school, like I was never going to be anything because I saw money being made on social media and I didn't know how to get to it because at the demographic that we had, there was nobody making a bunch of money. And we were similar to Simon food bank lines. And you know, we weren't, I I don't say poverty anymore. You know, my sister had to correct me on my embellishing of our story, but it wasn't a great upbringing, right? So you're a high school kid and you feel like, man, like life's flying by and you don't know what's going on. You don't know if you're gonna make it. You don't know if college is for you. You don't know if you're gonna get the money. Did you feel like that? Yeah, even because I would say we are middle class because my mom didn't work, you know, yeah. so it's like my... But you still had that feeling of being but, uh, behind and, like, what's going to happen
2: in life? Yeah, honestly, there was a point where I almost just accepted the fact that, like, yeah, I'm just going to have to work at a grocery store forever. <laughs> like, Did you have that feeling ever in high school of, like, man, maybe I'm just never going to make it? I know I want to get rich, but I'm never going to make it. Did you ever have a feeling like that? Especially Grand Junction. Like, there's, like, if you're you're successful, I mean, it's successful in America, but, like, 100,000, 150,000 a Like, a high a school life crisis most.
1: I had of, like, man, I don't know if I'm how am i gonna make it i'm gonna have to just hit the hit the streets i tried that i knew I, I was willing I to do whatever
0: i was willing to work like 100 hours like yeah. double time whatever i knew i wasn't gonna be broke that i knew i was not gonna be broke yeah. i wasn't gonna let myself be broke cuz yeah. i already lived that life i had an internship there and i didn't like it
2: this yes. business fixed my i i was lazy what would you this, say so. to the high school kid that's having
1: a high school life crisis and they know they're not gonna let themselves be broke Mm-hmm. but there ain't no avenue that's being exposed to them, no people, no right opportunity. What would you say to that that kid right now?
0: I think, uh, first of all, if they're watching as a high school kid, I think you're already, if you've made it this far watching this podcast, you already are probably thinking at a different level. It says that you want something more. There's a reason why you're inquis- inquisitive. Uh, you want to learn, you know, stuff like that. Um don't. It's not for everybody. When I say it, I, I know the advice is not specific to this industry, but I'm just saying, whatever is is your thought process. You got to know if you if you feel a calling in your life that you don't want to be average, that you want to be above average, then feed that beast and don't allow other people to talk you into complacency. Because if you're in an environment of complacency or average, then most people are going to talk you out of greatness, not all the time, but most people are going to talk you out of greatness. And so if you start thinking differently, you start thinking like the top 1%, the top 5% in the world, then the other 95% of people are going to be telling you that you're crazy. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't move from Colorado to Chicago, or you shouldn't do these things. You shouldn't do that. So you're, you're going to probably be, if you're on a path to get out of average, then, then it's the, the road less traveled typically, And then you got to figure out what your path is to greatness of not everybody's meant to do sales. Not everybody is meant to do leadership. Not everybody's meant to be an entrepreneur, but I would say what my mother told me I would give to you is at at the worst case, you're going to get a hell of an education. You know, if you get into an industry where you have good leadership, like if I, if I had a kid in high school right now, and they didn't want to go to college, and they wanted to come out and do something, the biggest thing that I would worry about is, number one, who's the leader that they're going to be exposed to? Who has influence over my child? Who is going to be pouring things into them? Because as, as kids get older, the influences around them make a bigger impact sometimes than their own parents at that moment of their life as their friends and the people that they spend the most time with. And so I would look at the leadership that you're going to be involved in if you were my kid I'm like who's the leader who's the coach who's the who's the captain that's that's the first thing cuz if you can get around good leadership that can mold you into whatever you're going to do whether it's staying in that industry or doing something else that's the number 1 thing uh but the number the number 2 thing I would say is outside of that leader is I will be focused on, is there, is, there a, is there a path to greatness? Is there a cap? If you're in your head, you're like, man, I want to make a half a million dollars a year. Well, do you see anybody that's doing that in the industry that you're looking at? Do you see anybody that's doing that three? If you look at people that are already 20 years in that industry, that'll tell you a lot about what you can do 20 years from today. Look at people that are 10 years in that industry. Look, that'll tell you a lot about what you can do you know, 10 years from today, from that day. But I I think the experience level, I think in life, everything attaches to some form of sales. And even if you don't end up in that type of industry two years from today, it's going to drastically benefit you in whatever industry you go in. If you have a background in sales where you've learned sales, you got out of your comfort zone, you learn that. Even if you're an attorney, if you're an attorney, you're going to have to sell the judge, you're going to have to sell the jury. You're going to have to sell people to, to want to, to hire you. If you're doing nails, you're going to have to sell people on what color to pick or upgrade this package or to do it with you. Most of life, even when you're a parent, you're selling your kids on stuff as a spouse, you're selling some. So I think having a base of, of sales in leadership, even if, and now I'm talking specifically about what we do, even if it ends up not being something for you, rather than working at a grocery store for 12 months, you can come here and work for 12 to 24 months. And when you go to school, typically you have to pay money. So if I'm going to college and I'm not anti-college, I graduated from college. I'm just saying for the kid that doesn't know for sure if they want to go to college, if you force yourself into a college education and and it costs $40,000 a year to go there and then you're not making any money, then you're you're at least negative 40,000 and that now you're starting to go in debt a little bit but if you're able to work and you make 60,000 which i think would be okay i think a little low if you're great at what we do that's going to you should be able to do better than that but let's say somebody makes 60,000 in a year and then they save themselves 40,000 from not going in debt at school for $40,000 in a student loan You actually made $100,000, right? Because you didn't go negative 40 and you went plus 60. You're plus 100. You go plus 100 four years in a row, you got $400,000 that you would have gained or lost versus somebody else that chose that route, and they forced themselves into that, and they didn't even end up doing nothing like that. Then they graduate, and they find out there's no job waiting for me making $200,000 a year $100,000 a year as soon as I graduate. Now you got four years experience. Because what I found when I was coming out of college is even though I had a college degree, all the jobs that I wanted, that I thought that I wanted, that I'm glad that I didn't get, they all wanted two years experience, two years experience, two years experience. Well, how am I supposed to get experience if nobody will hire me to get any experience? And so I think at the worst case, you come into this type of a business or this business, you're going to learn sales. You're going to be mentored by good people, good young people that are going to impact your life, but you also get experience. And if it doesn't end up being a place that you retire it'll it'll end up serving as a launch pad, you know, for you somewhere, somewhere down the road. And so, and and then the last thing I'll say for young people is I think the 20s, uh, you know, if you're 18 years old, you're you're very close to being in your 20s. I think your 20s are a pivotal moment for you in business to set yourself up for the rest of your life that I watch a lot of young people uh, flush down the toilet because they think they got all this time and then they want to get serious. You know, they want to have fun in their twenties and then get serious in their thirties. And by the time it's time to get serious, like it's not too late, but the 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 price became a little bit more because you're 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 older now. And maybe now you want to have a kid. Maybe now you want to have a spouse. So now you 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 can't go hustle and move four times. You know you move, you said you move three, yeah. four times you're like, hey, who cares? I'm making a thousand a week. I'm making 1000 a day. Let's get up. Let's move. Well, if you got a wife and three kids, it ain't as easy to say, let's just move three times. Let's move to Arizona. Let's move over here. Let's move over there. You don't have the luxury anymore. The flexibility and the freedom to grind and put everything that you got, blood, sweat, and tears, every ounce of your body, every ounce of your soul, eight to nine, stuff like that. You got baseball games, football games. You got family parties. You got anniversaries. You got all these things. Your kids have things at school. You can't do those things all the time. In your thirty, without paying a huge price, and so I think the best time to pay your price is in your twenties. And I think too many people take that so lightly mm. that they piss away the greatest years of their life. That'll set them up uh, in order to launch. And so I would tell the high school kids right now: this world is yours. Uh, it, it, the, the The world is going to be young people. You know, every five years, this this everything evolves, and the future is going to be you. And so don't think that you're too young. If you're old enough to fight for the country, eighteen years old, you're you're old enough to start making a killing. If you're old enough to to die for the country, you're old enough to make a killing for this country, too. And people will knock, you know, I, I know people will throw shade at us sometimes where we'll have twenty year olds driving benzes and have it making nice, you know money. If they were fifty, nobody would say a word. Well, why is it bad because they're twenty? You automatically think that it's bad because they're twenty when we're doing a good thing for people and we're doing it the right way, we make sure that they're going to do it the right way. And if they don't do it the right way, there's going to be consequences. But if they're doing it the right way and and, and they're 20 years old and they're having nice things, how is it okay for me to send you to Afghanistan to lose your leg and die? And that's okay. But it's not okay for me to show you how to make six, six figures. Something's wrong with that. Something's wrong, right? Something's wrong with the way that people think something's wrong with the way that they project things on the people because small minds will always have butt heads with people that have big thoughts and big thinking. People are always going to butt heads with, with small minded people because we speak two different languages and we see things differently. That's why I've always liked to mentor the youth. I don't, I don't like to mentor the youth because I want to take advantage of anybody. I like to mentor the youth because they're the most open. They got the most energy. They're open to coaching like that. They got energy and they got passion. They got their whole future ahead of them and we can make real change. And, uh, so I could tell I, I would just tell those young people, like, don't let anybody get you thinking small. Think big. You're about to be 18 years old. If you're old enough to, to, to fight and die for this country, you're old enough to make a killing and make your dreams come true, too. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise.
1: That's fire. As we transition and start to almost an hour in, <clears throat> um, what would you say the characteristics are of individuals that just you've seen over the 20 years you've been in the insurance industry of let's just say life? 20 years of, of being an adult and seeing people fail. A lot of people ask, what makes people succeed? Everybody probably asks you that. What about, let's reverse engineer it. Cause now if we can just cross eliminate and just look at what should I definitely not do? And then everything else should probably lead to some form of success. Right. What would be your list? You're talking to your kids, you're saying like, if you do this, you will fail. Yeah. What would be that list of here are the things that are definitely gonna make you fail?
0: You know, you know what I always taught you was the biggest three threats you know, to your success, and was always going to be, and it's not a, not just because I'm talking to two young men, I'm going to, I'm going to use women. But if I was talking to two women, I would say, I would say, men, I think, you know, we always talk about it's If there's three ways that you can have success and have it snatched, you know, from you typically, and you know, number one is your ego, your ego gets too high in, in, in you, your head gets too big. And typically, pride comes before the fall. And I think that's a constant battle. You can be humble, you could be humble 12 months ago and not be humble today. You could be humble today and not be humble six months from today. So I think it's a constant, it's a constant battle and a constant challenge because you also need a certain amount of ego and a certain amount of assertiveness and aggressiveness in order to win and succeed. You know, mm-hmm. if I walk into a boxing match and I'm walking out there all humble and meek and, and I'm gonna get my head knocked off. Nobody's gonna give me a belt because I'm humble, right? You gotta be a warrior. You know what I mean? You gotta be a dog. But it's the way after you get that belt strapped around you, how do you treat people after that? What are you thinking of yourself when you look in the mirror is it, I'm the man, I'm great, I did all this, I'm the best, you owe me everything, I deserve everything I got? Or is or am I looking in the mirror and say, man, you're so blessed that even somebody like you with all these flaws, all the things that you've done wrong, all the, all the stuff that you've gone through, God or somebody could bless you with an opportunity like this, I'm called to inspire other children, I'm called to inspire other people. And it's all about the spirit that you do those things with, but you still got to assert yourself to win. And so I think people struggle with humility because they're, they get confused because you'll see people assert themselves and win and, and they'll either assert themselves and win, and then they end up falling in other areas of their life or they assert themselves to win, but you don't see how much humility, humility that they actually even carry themselves with. So I'll give you an example of like, I've been in some VIP situations where some of the cockiest uh fighters in the world, you know, and and even a, I guess I consider him, you know, friend is a strong word, you know, but but uh uh somebody I have a good relationship with like Cody Garbrandt, you mm-hmm. know, that you know, former UFC uh title holder, won a UFC championship uh title at 25 years old. And, you know, he's young. When you got that, you're gonna have make mistakes and stuff. But man, I mean super Super cocky in the ring, you know what I mean? Super cocky in the octagon, you know, and showboatish and all that stuff. But also super showed a lot of humility, man. Drove all the way out to my youth program in Youngstown and didn't owe me anything and, you know, stuff like that. So I think you never know what a person's walking, what type of humility that they're truly walking with versus what you see on a, on a yeah. TV screen to sell tickets. That's right. But humility. And then the second thing is is uh, drugs and alcohol, Yep. Uh, overdoing it. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, you say drugs and alcohol. And last night I saw you at the Capitol Grill and I had a glass of wine. Yeah, I had a glass of wine. I didn't have seven glasses of wine. I didn't, you know, lose my mind. Not to say in college I never did it or I never drank something or something (laughs) like that. But it's it's the drugs and alcohol can get people in trouble. And then, uh, you know, I say women or men, you know, people... Of the opposite sex can make or break you. Relationships. They, they can make or break you. Yeah. Like Justin, I think it'll make you. I yeah. think you got a great one. I've told you that a gazillion times. Yeah. It, yeah. Sitting here or not sitting here. Like Just that that here. can that can elevate a person. That that makes a person better. But the same could be true. And I've seen, you know, more rest in peace situations, RIP graveyards from these situations yeah. than than positive of man the opposite sex i watched just ruin this person's life i watched this guy just ruin this girl's life or ruin this man's life because you and, and you can end up connected to that person for the rest of your you know mm-hmm. rest of your life so i say those are the the key three things you know that i that i see that makes people you know fail was usually attached to one of those uh three things very rarely is it something that's that's like man completely out of your control but you could look at you know you see these things going on Right now in Israel where, you know, somebody was just chilling there and the next minute somebody bombed your building, you know what I mean? Bomb something and your family goes from, you know, like, what's the real problem out here, Justin? You know what I'm saying? Like, is it a problem that we didn't get enough codes or, or is it a problem that, like, imagine if our mother didn't know how they were going to like put a roof over their head because somebody just blew the top off this building and the government's in shambles right now because we're at war. You know yeah. what I mean? That's a real problem. And so sometimes things will happen and they're out of your control, but it's more rare. Most of the time things are in your control. And if something happens to you bad and it's a failure or you fall due to something that's not really completely in your control. Now it it, it swerves to what is your response to that thing. And most of the times If you lose something and it's out of your control and it's not due to one of those three things, you end up getting it back tenfold. And that's the come up story of you thought it was something that hurt you, but it was actually really something elevating you if you allow that to be an opportunity and a bridge to take you to where you're really supposed to go.
2: Yes, sir. Fire.
1: That just that, Like you said, the power of the mind and, and negativity is just a disease in your mind and, and it's absorbing your thoughts. But the winners that have positivity and they're looking at Simon and they're looking at Justin and they're thinking, if they can, I can. If he did, I will. And, and I want to inspire and influence, hopefully le- leveraging these guys' stories, for you to reach out. Not to us, but to to somebody, to something, to God within, and find that that thing within you that's just ticking and telling you you need more, you deserve more, and I promise you, you do, and you can get it. So, the the last thing we would I would like to wrap up with is what are you most excited about for the next five years? What is keeping you going? You know what I mean? Forty years old, giving me a run for my money, giving all these twenty year olds, anybody, I'd, I'd put you in a room with with UFC fighters, and I know you're going. Get, you're gonna get a good workout in. You know what I mean. And they, they ain't gonna look over and be like, "Wow, oh, this guy's definitely some bum off the street." You know what I mean. It's gonna be like, "I oh, keeping up." You know. So what? What are you most excited? What's getting you to keep going?
0: Man, I think what's what I'm most excited about. I'll give you the the uh, cushy feeling one. That's very true. Is is I look out and and I see such young talent in our organization. And I know what somebody, you know, just to, when people ask me about the youth program, why did you do that? It was, I felt indebted to my city that I went out and was successful somewhere else and never came home and did anything else because people helped me. And so in this business, I had a, a, a couple men, uh, particularly, you know, one man uh, that helped me a lot internally. And it made me, I don't think I would be married. I don't think I'd be a good husband. I don't know if I'd be a good father Um, and I, I don't think I would have had been able to maintain and keep the success if it wasn't for, you know, Jim Serace and what he did for me. And so Jim is now, you know, mid sixties and I look at myself and I'm 40, you know, and then I look at some people that I'm mentoring in this business right now and they're 20 and I'm 40. So it means when they're 40, I'm going to be 60. And I know the difference that Jim made in my life. And it's like, man, that's going to be so cool that I can, I can make a difference in these people that are 22 years old, 20 years old, 25 years old, and watch that whole thing play out. I feel like I owe it to the game. I feel like I owe it to the company. Um, that makes me feel good, and not just to take, but to leave something, you know, leave something behind. And so that's the, you know, really that's the one thing. I, I've always publicly made a promise to, to people of like, man, if I can't give you my best in my position that I'm at in leadership due to the law of the lid, where I think I would stunt other people's growth, uh, and I've watched a lot of people do that. I think they've they've milked the system. They just they don't quite retire, but they just kind of making money and and not growing and not pouring into people and all that stuff. I think it's selfish as shit to do. Um, I could I could be sold, you know, on hey I worked this hard, it's my business, I built it. Why can't I just chill out, and make some money? I don't have that feeling. I feel like I owe so much to the people that choose to put their life on the line and say. I'm going to do this for the next five years of my life. I want them to get the best of me. And so that, that, that keeps me motivated. And then, um, as a competitor, you know, what I know is, is we're going to triple what we're doing right now, uh, in the near future. I I think it happens in less than five years, less than 60 months. You could buy a car today. By the time the car is paid off, I think we're going to be doing ridiculous things that you guys have heard me talk about, um, and, and when I look at that, you know, what else what will keep me going is being a competitor. You know, we're not number one in all of Globe Life. You know, we're, we're we're number two out of all the agencies and all the organizations, all the things that spread around Globe. And so I'm grateful for that, that we're not number one because I got somebody to I got somebody to chase. We have somebody to chase. And it's not that I want anything bad to happen to that person or to those to those people at all. I want us all to win, but if we're playing sports or we're doing something and I'm playing against you, you should want to beat me just just for the sake of it, right? Yeah. And so I think just as a competitor uh what'll keep me going and what keeps me going is is I'm grateful that we're not number 1 that we have somebody to to chase that we mm-hmm. can go after and it'll keep us uh keep us youthful and keep us pushing and keep us uh aggressive in our pursuit to greatness. So that's that's what keeps that's Let's what keeps go. me rocking and keeps keeps me going.
1: Let's go. 11.52. Okay. Get a quick bite in and head to the airport. Let's so, do it. Another episode of Adversity Kings. We thank you guys so much. DM these two. If you guys want, Simon's media team might be able to get a hold of you. Justin don't got a media team yet, but you can DM Simon <laughs> Arias. You can DM Justin Masca. You can reach out to me as well, Tristan DeLavic. So have a great day, y'all.